You're now listening to the Deep Edge Podcast with your host, technology expert Ray Moda, giving you the rundown on telecom, cloud, and all things business and tech. This is the Deep Edge Podcast. Let's go! Hello, hello, and welcome to another edition of the Deep Edge Podcast. In this topic, we're going to be discussing monetizing the telecommunications network edge, exploring industry use cases. And I'm very excited about today's episode because joining us will be Chief Strategist Ian Hood from Red Hat. And for those that don't know Ian, Ian has a knack of being able to take the most complex topic and being able to simplify, which I think is important. Ian, thanks for joining the podcast. How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing just great. Thanks, Ryan. Now, Ian, one of the things that I did in the beginning is I talked about, you know, some things related to the edge and the topic about the whole idea about monetizing the telecommunications network edge, right? And and you're an industry expert, right? But one of the things that we noticed is that there were a lot of lessons learned last year that convinced service provider about the need to continue to simplify their network, the need to implement automation and the need to focus on optimizing the cost of these deliveries, right? But one of the things that I'm running into now is this edge, right? And I'm sure you heard of it. So so for some time now, 5G has been the hot topic and now it's all about the edge. Why is that, Ian? Well, it really just comes down to the fact that, you know, while 5G has been this really hot, you know, thing that people are building, so they've been up building this infrastructure and it's extremely, you know, um, CapEx intensive, right? So to build out the radios at the scale they need to. So they've built out this large highway and they need to return on those assets. And we know that they're not going to get that return from you know their consumer customers. They're going to have to go to the enterprise to get it. And that's really where bringing services to the edge closer to the customer, closer to those enterprises, they can now run those services over the top of this highway. And that's really kind of the key here is, you know, how do they actually go monetize you know this large investment and get that return yeah no that's great i mean i think uh one of the things we hear in some case i run into where a lot of people are like hey uh show me you know about saving money but the discussion is about how to monetize here and i think maybe we could just add on to it is you know is uh, how much money is it out there for the edge and, and and what are they going to buy i guess ian yeah so i guess um you know, when you take a look at this market, we really have to kind of look at this edge market as an extension of the managed edge services market, not just about VPN connectivity. It's all actually about um, 5G connectivity combined with edge computing. And that way they can actually do analytics, data processing, new applications, and these can all be de- deployed closer to that customer. And if we go look at some of the market you know, reports out there, um, the numbers are sort of between 70 to $150 billion in services revenue that is out there for the operators to go after, the systems integrators, um, and as well, the hyperscalers. So that's kind of the, the, the large money that they're going out there. And we also see that the enterprises, um, they're gonna spend more out at the edge of what they're doing to bring things you know, um, more efficiently to them. And that's growing at about 55% per year, how much they're gonna spend over there compared to spending it in the center. So a huge opportunity for um, all those concerned. You know, it was interesting because uh, one of our analysts uh, did some research and deeper into the, let's say, the verticals of manufacturing, which there's a variety of verticals. But but um, manufacturing, he did it related to what you talked about, managed service. And it was interesting to see where he said 
that on average, right, for managed service revenue per site, right, for a CSP, for one, it could be about 120K a year. And the market total uh, year per revenue is about over 40 billion just in the manufacturing sector. So so you're right. I mean, it's just the TAMs are, are just tremendous, and that's a way to attack that market. But but uh, as as you build out these edge services in, right, uh, who will be who will be the industry? How, how will it be consumed, right? Who's consuming this and how are they doing it? What are your thoughts? Because you mentioned integrators, you mentioned vendors. Uh, are they hyperscalers and what role will telcos play in this area? Now, it's, it's really good because, you know, this is a really complex set of technologies that have been built for years with lots of proprietary things in factories and in healthcare and, you know, agriculture. And we're trying to open this up. So this is a complex problem. So the first people are going to play are the large network vendors. You know, they're going to come into to play. And just like in the past, the systems integrators are going to be there to kind of go offer it as a complete, you know, end-to-end solution for this, you know, enterprise edge um, capability. And the telcos, right? The telcos are going to try and go upscale, take advantage of their their assets, and deliver this as a you know an added value added service. Um, some of them are already offering these right now, but we also now have the public cloud guys, hyperscalers coming in, and they're bringing their edge offerings, specialized ones, each of them to the market, and they're bringing that that in as well. Now, in terms of you know how I see this, um, the challenge for both the telco and the hyperscaler is that they don't have a lot of the technologies and expertise in some of these industries. They need to kind of bring that to, to bear. And in some cases, the hyperscalers don't have access to the location. They haven't got you know uh, facilities there. So there's going to be some partnering going on between the uh, telcos and the hyperscalers, the systems integrators and the hyperscalers. Um, and the reality is that um, none of them could deliver it all by themselves, right? So we're seeing these partnering um, activities happen between the SIs and hyperscalers, um, telcos with network vendors, um, as well as bringing SIs in to manage these things. Because a lot of times what happens is they might build it together, but they might actually still want to have a, an SI actually manage this thing. So it's quite a complex collection of partnerships needed to deliver these services. Yeah, no, this is great. I mean, I think, you know, when you look at you know, when you look at, let's just say, Red Hat, the openness concept of, of looking at a hybrid approach, I think, becomes important uh, in that area. But one of the, the things, Ian, that I've heard a lot, right, is because we talked about the edge, but we hear the term MEC, right? Uh, how would you define what is MEC to you? And, and, and is there an enterprise play in MEC there? Well, if we kind of take, a, you know, MEC is really, a, as I say, multi-axis edge compute, kind of a mouthful. Um, and it's actually easier to kind of talk about, you know, an enterprise edge service. So the way I kind of look at it is that the enterprise edge service is something that's deployed directly in private, you know, at a customer location, right? And that brings the networking, whether there's 5G in play or not, um, the applications, all the things necessary to deliver that and, you know, bring the networking and the applications together at that location. MEC is really something that you find built at the provider edge by the telco, where he's actually supporting those enterprise services on top of his 5G highway for multiple customers. So he's actually providing those application capabilities and securing those separately on his premise, on his provider edge. So it's kind of a multi-tenant thing is what the MEC is, whereas enterprise edge or private 5G is kind of a single tenant, you know, one, uh, you know, 
private um, kind of network. That's how we kind of separate those two um, concepts. And all of these players are going after both of those uh, both of those options. Yeah, I think actually that, that was great because I think you did a good job helping me understand it as well, Ian. Now, so yeah, good point on that. But but how 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 do you know if you can make money from this? Um, so really this is kind of what we have to be able to do is take a look at you know this architecture, um, and you know we at Red Hat have actually partnered with uh, with Ray on building this economic model to estimate these costs. Right, so we basically take a model that says. You know, build out the 5G core and, and edge architecture, and then let's go lay on these services and applications for multiple industries, right? And then go look at what that cost is, but at the same time, look at what the revenue is associated with it, right? So once you actually you know put this into the model, you can actually run this and see what the costs are, but you can actually look at the um, return on that investment. And what we found in the analysis at a high level is that, you know, However, you decide to deploy it, you actually get a return on that asset in just under two years, which is really quite good in these days. Yeah, no, this is great because I think, um, you know, with um, the models uh, that our team created using the BAE system, you know, Ian, what we did was we created these layers in there where we call the telco cloud layer, you know, capacity compute and all that. Then we we had the public and private connectivity layer for 5G layers, whether it's uh, MMTC or UR, LLC, those variety of that. But then we have, you know, what we call the edge services layer for things like AI and machine learning. And then there's the application layer, you know, for things like video surveillance, IoT. And I think the the key is that I see from this is that it's more than just the connectivity play, right? It's about enhancing and having a layer that you can increase your TAM by by partnering with these applications provider. Do you agree with that? Or? Um, you can um, absolutely get your um you know, your addressable market better if you actually partner up. And if you look at the economics, right, then you have the ability to build it any way you like. And once you look at the revenue curve, as I said before, um, you know, the economics are good regardless of how you decide to roll it out as a, you know, build it yourself as a telco um, or actually um, put some of this onto um, a public cloud player and look at that return. So I find that the way that this, happens is that you get not so much a bigger TAM, but you get to market quicker, right? This is always the yeah, challenge. Yeah, a good point about the skill sets and market quicker. That's a good point, yeah. Right? yeah. Who, you know, who gets there first is kind of always the way of the market. You know, who gets there first tends to get the larger chunk of TAM. This is the way you know, the market's always been. And so that's why looking at how you can get there faster with partnerships is really kind of key to this, um, rather than just looking at the actual um, cost cost piece. Right. Yeah. And we've done research in other areas, Ian, like related to managed service, let's say SD-WAN and other areas where when you're second to market, your acquisition cost increases. So it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a good point in that area there. Now, what I want to do is go back a little bit to a topic we talked about with the web scalers, right? Is that from from a service provider point of view or a telco point of view, right? One of the, the things that we, we hear a lot about, they need to make a decision, right? Do I create my own environment? We call it DIY, right? Or should they partner 
with a web scale like AWS, IBM, uh, or, or or Google? Any any visibilities and thoughts that you have on that, Ian? Well, at the moment, what I find is that um, the hyperscalers really aren't that mature yet in actually delivering these services. Um, so that's kind of a, one of the things you have to kind of look at is their abilities there. And that's where the SIs come in to kind of go, um, go work through that. And what we found is that for each of these different flavors of edge services from the hyperscalers, um, you know, this, it is possible to go build it that way, but you still got to have that expertise right, from you know, this kind of industry. Um, as well as the, you know, the reality of, you know, do you actually have the ability to build this thing wherever the customer wants it? Right? So this is kind of a, a piece of the puzzle. Um, so that's one thing to kind of look at is what's the skill set of the partner you're looking at, the SI and the hyperscaler and the telco, um, as well as the vendors that you're looking at for the technology itself, right? You got to go find the right partner to go build the platforms, the right types of um middleware and you know, telemetry technology, as well as the applications, the AI ML pieces that you need. So there's quite a large you know, discussion point on looking at those key partners. And so it's not just an economic question, I guess is my point. Yeah, um, no, yeah. it's the, more than that, right? Yeah. It, it's really more than that. Yeah. And it's really you know, finding that strategic set of partners to go get it done the way that you need to, you know, it to be done. And generally that becomes more of a consortium of SI plus vendors um, plus the telco. Right, yeah. Now, this is the Deep Edge podcast, right? So let's talk about what what is the market reality today? Is, is this just slideware or there, uh, you know, and, and is this really moving? You know, what are the customer applications that are being deployed? Who's actually deploying them and how are they being consuming? Sure. Um, so in, um, you know, we all know it's kind of still early days. But we actually do have some very good examples in um, factories where people are building controllers, they're building computers. Um, we see it in the shipping ports, you know, large shipping ports, um, as well as, you know, a lot of the uh, agriculture areas, you know, where people are actually, you know, using this kind of technology for their crops. Um, and of course, you know, my favorite is the, the wineries. So the large wineries in um, Italy and France and uh, um, California, they all take advantage of this technology. And what they're doing is they're modernizing their applications, moving them to microservices, and they're integrating the data, right, that they need across that operational technology and their IT infrastructure. This is kind of a way that they're improving the efficiency of how they build their products and services. Um, and really what the situation is that um, they're all you know, finding ways to go do this. And then, you know, the real question that kind of comes up is, is anybody making money from this, right? And a lot of the initial, you know, kind of ways this was done is that basically, um, you know, the operator was selling a SIM and lots of them for industrial IoT and connectivity. And that really wasn't really driving the, you know, driving the needle. And so what happens then is that the integrators, telcos and hyperscalers are now taking these POCs and trials that they've been doing and moving it upscale to a full you know, kind of mech uh, capability. And you know, there are multiple providers today that are offering more of this you know, full type, full scale type of capability of mech you know, for their customers you know, in both North America um, and in Europe and in Asia. So we're already seeing that in, in that category. So it is you know, you know, quite real um, from my perspective. And we are going to start to see um, some of the players making some money from this. Um, and we'll take these trials that we are seeing now into larger deployments. You know, um, quite a, you know, quite a lot of them around the world 
over the next year or so. No, that's great. I mean, it's good to see that it's actually, this is moving forward from that area. Now, maybe a question that I get asked a lot, Ian, is related to, first of all, are you able to do this with previous technologies like with 4G uh, or does it require 5G? And if it, and, and even with that question, what is it that you get or able to do that you couldn't do before? Yeah, so a lot of the things you know that people are doing don't necessarily need 5G, and you sort of have to just determine what am I using 5G for, right? So right. if I'm looking at 5G as a backhaul technology from that location, um, most places already have optical, so 5G doesn't really come into play. So it's not really the backhaul play. Um, it's really kind of um, if you're going to build what I call a private 5G, and I don't want to have to retrofit the factory or the location and rebuild the fiber, et cetera, within that location, I can use 5G as an access technology um, to bring connectivity you know, around that particular facility. And so that's one way that 5G is being utilized is just kind of instead of Wi-Fi, you know, use 5G as that, that mechanism. But there is certainly people that actually, you know, um, take, um, 5G, you know, from a from an operator, the operator provides a local 5G, you know, small cell on site, and provides the RAN, you know, backhaul, you know, for that um, to build out that system, and then they peel off the traffic they need for the local site, and then send and route the rest of the traffic onto the rest of the mobile network. So that's what the MEC solution kind of looks like in a in that context. So it sort of depends on what the application is as to how 5G can be used. But certainly other technologies are still in play, Wi-Fi is still in use. And then a lot of times we still are going to use the IoT applications and um, those signaling things. And we're going to aggregate those within the facility and, and build those out. So what we find, though, is that um, a lot of things like high precision machinery um, and how they move, robots, um, visual inspection. So I can actually look at the quality of things digital twins. Um, these things all require you know, low latency jitter and a lot of video applications do as well for security and safety. You know, and you know, even you know, if you want to do um, facial recognition you know, in a retail store, right? 5G is being used for that now. Right? Right. So 5G is bringing that speed that you know, is really needed to meet these specialized applications. So it's not used for everything, but we're seeing many places where it's coming to bear that 5G is kind of a um, a good technology to use um, for this flexibility. Yeah, no, this is excellent. I mean, I think um, from that area, it's exciting to see the momentum that it's going into private 5G and MEC in those areas. Maybe, Ian, we could close with, right, is that, you know, what do you feel are the next steps that telcos and enterprises uh, should consider? Um well, really, kind of from a from a telco perspective, um, they've got to continue to build out, you know, kind of what we call a an open platform for their IT technology, their network technology, and their OT technologies, and use that same technology. So they've got a consistent way to deploy any kind of application, develop any kind of application, um, whether it's in any part of their business. And that's for the telco to do, for the enterprise to do. They both kind of have to, you know, look at how best they can do that. Once you kind of, you know, take a look at that, then it's a matter of, you know, where do you want to focus your energy, right? Because there's a lot of different industries out there and you've got to sort of pick and choose your battles, you know, whether it's healthcare, industry, kind of the largest one most people are going after is industry because that's where a lot of the money is going to be. So a lot of them are focused there, but healthcare is another really strong one. And then there's sort of the oil and gas and, uh, 
and retail industry. So you got to kind of pick your battles as to where you're going to go spend your time and find those right partnerships, strategic partnerships with the right players, right? Both the SI side, the technology side, and when you need them, you know, the hyperscalers um, to actually, you know, fill out your overall strategy. So you have a flexible way to go build your services to the industries and build better services and better capabilities for you and me. Yeah, no, this is great, Ian. I can't thank you enough. I mean, I think our audience uh, is going to be excited, but I'm going to give them a pre-applause uh, there. I appreciate it. Uh, Ian, now, what's the best way to get in contact with you and stuff like that? Um, the easiest way, Ray, is, uh, as always, my uh, email address, ihood at redhat.com, and uh, you can certainly find me on uh, LinkedIn as well as Twitter. Awesome. Well, thanks for joining the podcast. Uh, thanks a lot, Ray. Appreciate it. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Deep Edge Podcast. Make sure to follow Ray Moda on Twitter and LinkedIn at rmoda. If you enjoyed the podcast, please make sure to subscribe, rate, and leave a review on iTunes. Want even more? Head over to acgcc.com to access exclusive bonus content. Till next time.